and welcome back to the Saving Delaware History Podcast, where this week we'll be speaking with Vince Watchorn, the president of the Friends of Cooch's Bridge. Welcome to the podcast. We're glad to have you. Thank you, Maddie. It's great to be here. Yeah, so if I could just start with a question, who are the Friends of Cooch's Bridge? Uh, um, a, a very good question to start with. The, the Friends of Cooch's Bridge are a brand new organization that started, boy, just in September. And we, we received their nonprofit status in June of last year had our first real meeting in September. And we are a group of people who support and advocate for the the historic site um, that the state just bought a couple years ago called Cooch's Bridge. Uh, it is a, a 10 acre site just outside of Newark. Um, the state bought it in 2018. Uh, it's part of a larger property, but our purview is the 10 acre parcel that, that houses the homestead of the Cooch family and some of the outbuildings from the farm um, that used to operate there. Wonderful. So how did you come to be involved in this group? I received a phone call from um, from a longtime friend of mine who had been charged with organizing the Friends and putting together its first board. And he mentioned to me um, that there was this very interesting opportunity that they were just getting started um, with putting together the friends group and would I want to be involved. And I had lots of questions, uh, but it really came from just a simple phone call. And I have to say, I'm, I'm very interested in history. Um, I think it's a critically important way to understand our future. Uh, if we can understand, if we can understand what has happened in the past, we can, I think, be more predictive and uh, uh, more planful about our futures. Uh, so it's something that's very interesting to me, not just for selling, telling stories, but also for looking ahead. Um, I'm not, I'm not a real revolutionary war era person, and that's all that I ever had known about Cooch's Bridge. Um, so I started asking lots of questions about what what is there, what is part of this battle. Again, I just thought it was the battle, Maddie, and it turns out there's just so much more. Um, so the battle, I think, is what brings people in. And then once you're there, you learn that there's all kinds of other history about Delaware to interpret and all kinds of things to understand that help us know how we got where we are and, and how we might get where we're going. So I got involved with a phone call from an old friend who, who was putting it together and wanted to know if I'd get involved. And I said, yes. So as you were doing that research, what was kind of the turning point when you realized there's much more here than revolutionary history? Do you remember when that was? I do, um, pretty specifically. The, the, um, the thing that was a turning point for me was when I found out how much we would be able to interpret uh, non-white history. Um, his histories that explored narratives that weren't the traditional history that we've always explored in Delaware history circles. Um, uh, that there is a paleo-Indian archaeological site nearby. Um, the Lenape once ranged this land and um, were, were settled on nearby properties. We don't know if they were settled on the Cooch's Bridge property. Uh, there's archaeological work to be done, but nearby for sure. Um, um, there is some African-American history to be discerned from Cooch's Bridge because there were people enslaved there and there were there were uh, servants after the Civil War who were um, 
who were working on the farm. So the contributions of early African-Americans are very significant on this property because we see um, dams built and fields cleared and farm work being done. Um, which, you know, we don't have, we haven't done the full research to see if there are records about all of those things, but we presume that much of that work was being done by African Americans. And so we can, we can look at the property and see that it's more than just the things that easily meet the eye, which are the battle and um, the, the home life of the Cooch family and a very prominent, very successful family that owns that place for nine years that is, is deserving of, of study in its own right. Also, there's the industrial history. You know, you get to see the, the, the milling work and um, the civil engineering that goes into building all these waterways and, and, and mill races and so forth. Uh, I mean, it was a pretty significant part of Delaware's industrial history I, I had never realized that before. Um, so all these different things but uh, were, were intriguing to me that it is the battle that brings people in. It's the battle that people know about. But that's only three days in a long history of a very significant property. The, the piece that really grabbed me was, and which is what you asked about, um, was the opportunity to tell more than a single story. So what sort of plans do the Friends of Cooch's Bridge have for telling multiple stories? Thank you. We are, um, we are just at the very beginning. Um, we've identified that we really want the, the place, uh, the property to be a place of significance for the state of Delaware. Um, we know that we want to connect the work that we're doing with educational thinking, thinking with schools, with the University of Delaware, particularly charter schools, public schools. Um, we're in conversation with some of the independent schools in the area. Um, so we want to make those connections. We, we recognize that the military history is going to be extremely significant. And even though that was just three days, there's still so much to learn um, about who was there and the archaeological findings that are going to be available once we, once we really start um, – <laughs> digging in uh, to that topic, um, we're going to learn more and more about, about what took place and how it took place and how the battle moved. Um, we're hoping that one day we find the burial ground for the 20 plus soldiers who died uh, during that battle. Um, and, and we're also committed to telling the story in a very inclusive way. And, and that's actually something that um, our group has been very committed to. Um, the idea that there's there's more than just one history here. Um, so what are we looking at? It, it's a little bit too early to tell because it's all so new. But what we've identified is that we want to tell stories about people, um, not just about things that happened, but we want to be able to uh, really get into understanding who was on the property, who lived there, who worked there, who died there, why were they there? How did what was happening at Cooch's Bridge affect what was happening in the community around? Whether it was the agricultural uh, work that was being done there, or was it the battle that happened there? All the different things. Um, we want to we want to be able to to delve into those and tell them in a way that makes it accessible for lots and lots and lots of different Delawareans uh, to learn about their history, to think about their future. Um, we think we think very much when we look at the battle that there's a reason 
people were fighting those 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 three days or so. Um, they were fighting for something. They were fighting for a set of values. And if we look at that battle as a lens for understanding the United States, we can ask, what what were we fighting for that day? How have we done in delivering on those values? And how can we do better about delivering on them in the future? So in, in many ways, I mean, I think this is a little stretchy um, in the way I'm about to say it, but you know, is is the Battle of Kutch's Bridge still being fought today? Is the American Revolution still being fought today because we're still trying to live up to the standards that 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 era set for itself? So those those kinds of things, and then also, Maddie, I mean, just um, more recreational things. It's not just about history. That property, if you if you were to look at it on a map. Um, you'd see that it's very close to some other properties that are owned by the state or county, and it's close to some other parks. And so there's a way to think about the future of that property being available to Delawareans, not only as a historic site, but as a linked trail system uh, where you could go from Glasgow Park all the way through the Cooches Bridge property over to Iron Hill and have a, a great walk or a great bike ride. And on the way, maybe you can dial up on your cell phone and listen to a story about the history of Cooch's Bridge um, or read an interpretive panel about the history of Cooch's Bridge. You know, it's really, it's really special that that land has been preserved and that the Cooch family has gone to such trouble over the last hundred years. I and mean, they were really pioneers in preserving the land. Um, and that's, that's something that's there for generations of Delawareans. So let's, let's enjoy it to the full and, um, and understand all of all the different interpretations and also the importance of preservation history and how that, how that gives us something to honor in our past and also to look at our future. So I just might ask who else is a part of this organization with you and what are they focusing on? Uh, we are a board right now of nine. We're hoping to expand that. Uh, you know, we, we feel really strongly that it, you don't just say, well, we need, we need X number of board members. Um, what we need are people who are committed to a cause and willing to work to make this a, a place of significance in Delaware life. Um, we're hoping to add four or five, six board members over the next couple of years. Um, That'll take time to find people who are interested, but there are um, there are nine of us right now, and then there are two or three people who serve on what we call an advisory committee, who aren't full board members. They don't vote, but they have the opportunity to lend their professional expertise into um, in, into what we do. And so we have we have that access to them where they um, they've kind of agreed ahead of time that if we call, um, they'll pick up the phone or they'll answer an email or help us with, with what we want to, with what we want to work on. Um, we have um, uh, a consulting historian named Wade Katz, who's sort of the, the leading expert. You may have talked to Wade already. Uh, yeah. We spoke with he, him about the battle of Kutcher's bridge, just the battle itself. Yeah. He, he's the leading expert. I, I would call him leading expert on the battle in particular, but also the property in general. He has a very broad understanding of, of the history of that place, um, he's he's very important in our in our uh, our conversations and our thinking about the future. Um, 
uh, and we're we're also working with uh, local uh, uh, a couple local consultants, Cam and Kathy Yorkston, who are uh, very well known in the nonprofit community. Um, our our vice president is a woman named Melva Ware, who was an education professor at the University of Delaware and very very involved in Wilmington's African American community. Um, uh, it, it's a it's a really strong group of people who bring different um, different skills, different talents, different perspectives uh, to to the work, and we're looking forward to seeing uh, how we can how we can be a team in putting all of this forward in the next several years. We work very closely with HCA. You know, it's the anytime HCA has a property, they need to have a friends group that they're working in conjunction with, and that's why we were formed. Um, so uh, Tim Slavin, Suzanne Savory, um, the whole team at HCA is has been involved uh, and has a voice in what we're doing at, at Cooch's Bridge through the Friends Group. They are the ones who will lead the interpretive planning um, when we when we get down to understanding more about what stories we want to tell and how we want to present the property to the public. They'll, they'll be the ones who do the real work, and our job will be to advocate and uh, try to increase access so that people can come and learn from the property, enjoy the property, and and sort of relish this special gem that that is here in Newcastle County. What sort of timeline are we looking at for the bike trail and the interpretive signs and all that? The bike trail is a big if, um, and the the or, or the the walking trail, bike trail. I don't know what what direction we'll go. I love those. I love those those trails like at Brandywine Creek State Park and. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, white clay, you know, you, you wander through the woods and it's just the dirt path. I don't know if we'll go that route or if it has to, has to be paved in certain parts. I, I just, I, I don't know. We're just starting that conversation. Um, uh, several of the elected officials in the area have been very supportive of that um, and are talking about the possibility of moving it forward. I would think that's kind of the long-term win in all this. Um, five years? five years um, to build an interpretive plan where we can start telling the story of Cooch's Bridge. Uh, I'm told is more like a year, year and a half once once HCA really gets down to the, the hammer and tongs of putting that together. Um, right now we're already telling some kind of story. You know, we, ha- we will do three times a month or so we'll have special invitation tours because the property is really not open to the public yet, but we'll have these special invitation tours where friends of friends, friends of board members, occasionally somebody calls and says, Hey, I'm really interested. I'd like to come. You know, we can make that happen. Um, but it's, it's all by special arrangement and uh, Wade does a, a brief talk to open up. And then we walk around the property a little bit and talk about, um, uh, talk about the different buildings. It's fascinating to be in a place that is so similar to what it would have been and to think about the things that happened there because the the land you, you don't have to go back you know four generations of what the land was to envision what might have been there you can see a lot of what was there 100 200 years ago and therefore you can you can envision it you can kind of place yourself in different moments and think what what would it have been like to be here at that time that's that's pretty powerful yeah that is certainly i was visiting pencater heritage museum on that property mm-hmm. earlier today and it was mm-hmm. something i admired i was like wow they really just preserved this area it's just a field 
but you can imagine you know the cannons going off and people fighting on it and it'd be wonderful to get that a little bit more accessible I, th- I think it would. And and so to your timeline question, I mean, that we're doing now, but putting putting people in the space and trying to understand the history through the, the contours of the land, if you will, we're definitely doing that now. But I think to really ramp up a, a, a robust visitors uh, program, it, it's going to take a year, year and a half, because we have to have the, the interpretive plan and we have to have a program in place. Maybe it's even two years. Um, and there's, there's a lot of resource development that has to happen as that's being developed too. We're Absolutely. just at the beginning. We're just at the <laughs> beginning, but I think it's going to be, it's going to be an exciting while. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite sort of factoid about the, the battle of Kutra's bridge? About the battle specifically, the thing that always strikes me, well, I'm going to, I'm going to answer it two ways, if you don't mind. Cool. Um, n- n- number one the fact that it was a battle. I mean, I was always ra- raised to believe that there was a skirmish at Cooch's Bridge. You know, that's what people used to say. And if you called it the Battle of Cooch's Bridge, which some people did, um, there was always some guy at the party who, who would say, oh, oh well, it really wasn't a battle. You know, it was a skirmish. And what we've learned through through more recent research, particularly the research Wade's done, is that absolutely it was a battle. Um, it, it's not a skirmish if 20 people died. It's not a skirmish if it lasted for three days. It's, um, it's not a skirmish if people are, are writing about it the way they are in their pension records and in their, in their uh, letters home um, about it being um, uh, a, a very difficult fight. Um, so that's one thing is just to understand. I love when new information comes to light and we can change the way we look at something for, you know, for the better. Uh, for the more accurate. So that's one. The other that strikes me is that there were just so many different people there. Um, Again, not a Revolutionary War historian, um, but you would think that a a battle of that that time, of that geography, might have just been pulled from local Minutemen militia who were called on at short notice to come protect Cooch's Bridge. In fact, not. There are people from as far away as Virginia and North Carolina who were there as part of Washington's army prepared to protect this space. Um, I love the fact that Lafayette is involved in it. He is, I mean, it's ironic um, that a a, a non-American citizen would be one of our greatest heroes in that period. Um, And yet Lafayette absolutely was one of the, one of the greatest American heroes of all time, probably, um, he was there. He was walking around. We don't have a record of him coming into the house, but uh, he was certainly in the neighborhood, and he was he was uh, sort of surveying the land for um, for what the what, what might take place. That's that's pretty compelling too to imagine him being there. But I think ju- just the the sheer mixture of people uh, and how far they had come from to be in that army in that battle at that time. That's that's probably my favorite factoid. Yeah, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I believe. This was sort of the first battle of the Philadelphia Crusade. Yes, and uh, and, and one of the things that I love about the the Philadelphia campaign in and of itself is that um, the the British uh, army was so convinced that by taking the capital, um, they would they would win the whole thing. But they forgot to take into account that Philadelphia at that point was not a major European style capital; it was still brand new. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, the American government was basically 
able to pack the entire government into a trunk and move it to York, Pennsylvania until, until the moment passed. And um, I'm being very casual and colloquial about this, but, uh, but yes, I mean, you know, they captured Philadelphia, but didn't capture the U S government because it was able to be nimble and move because it was so young. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, it was, it's the, the first battle in the Philadelphia campaign. Mm-hmm. And of course we all know what happens after that with um, brandy wine and taking Philly and so forth. Yeah. I believe it's also the battle right before Betsy Ross's flag flew. Uh, I wondered if you would bring that up. <laughs> um, uh, there's a lot of debate about that. Um, most, from what I understand, most flag scholars uh, would say that the American flag didn't really uh, get a confirmed sighting, confirmed usage until the 1820s. Uh, but I think it's an important part of the Kuchis Bridge uh, historiography that that it has been said that the flag was there. And for for many decades, uh, people have believed that that was why Cooch's Bridge was special. I think there are a lot of, of reasons that the battle was important and a lot of reasons why the, um, why the land and the property are special. Uh, we don't have any solid evidence that the flag was there, except that people have said it was there. Absolutely. And you can see a lot of people have built that up and for a time was on the plaque that that was the very first battle. But Yes, and it's it's still on the plaque. And I think it's still an important part of the heritage of of the site. Um, uh, it, it's just, would we present it as fact? Or would, would we say that this was an important story that was told throughout the 20th century and a little bit of the 19th century? Um, my understanding, not an expert, um, but my understanding is that the reason it was originally felt to be present at Cooch's Bridge is because it was present at the Brandywine battlefield. Hence, if it was at Brandywine, same army, same people, same, uh, you know, same gear, they must have had it at Cooch's Bridge. But I, I gather that it's been disproven that it was at Brandywine a few days later. So you you might think the same thing. It's also disproven that it was a Cooch's Bridge. R- regardless, I think it's a very important part of the story that that people believed that for a long time, and some continue to. So I think my last question is just kind of: Do you think there are any mm-hmm. other stories that haven't been touched on yet, or that you really want to highlight as we begin, as you uh, as the Friends of Cooch's Bridge work on preserving this historic site? Yeah I, yeah, I could do a whole half hour just on that. I think there are so many stories. We are, we are um, really in a, a pivot point in understanding exactly what happened at the, the battle. There's important archaeological work that needs to be done um, that we're trying to plot out on a, a priorities plan. Uh, so we understand what needs to be done, how much, how long it's going to take, how much it's going to cost, and then we can make that happen. We'll have a much better way to tell the story at that point. Um, we are really only at the very beginning of understanding the enslaved population there and the later African-American population. We're actually working with family members, um, uh, descendants of those families, so that we can include them in, in our research to understand and to tell those stories. Um, that's at the very, very beginning. We've, uh, you know, Wade Katz has identified, I think, 11 
individuals by name who were enslaved on that property in the 1700s and were uh, conditionally manumitted. Uh, those records are there. One of the things that's unbelievable about the Cooch family is that I mean, there's nine generations that have been on that property and eight have left behind some kind of an archival layer that that we can learn from about all these different things. One of the most interesting stories that hasn't been told yet, that, that and we haven't even delved into it because we haven't translated the letters, but there is a woman in the Cooch family in the 19, in the 19th century who was foreign born. She was born in Southern India to missionary parents. And there's car and then she, you know, lived her life and moved to Delaware after marrying a cooch. And uh, while there, she was corresponding with family or friends or both back in India using an Indian language. Now, we, you know, I mean, somebody like me looks at it, it looks like Hindi, but it could be any, any number of, of uh, Southern Indian dialects and different languages that were in use at the time. So we're working with somebody to identify what that language is, what the correspondence letters might say, and how do we tell that person's story? She was, um, I think, very uh, focused on the story of the house and the things that were going on in the house. So we might actually be able to learn a social history from her about life on the plantation household, um, what was really going on behind the scenes. So again, I mean, it, it, it brings voice to people who have not had voice in the past. Uh, it brings stories to light that we haven't heard before and that we certainly don't uh, associate with the Battle of Cooch's Bridge. The, the, to me, the, the Battle of Cooch's Bridge is going to bring people in to this property. And some people are going to stay focused only on that because it's their interest. But once the Battle of Cooch's Bridge has you on the property, you're going to be able to recognize almost any element of Delaware's history and tell stories that, that deepen your knowledge about uh, lots of our populations, lots of our industry, and um, many things that help teach us about the past, the present, and the future. Wonderful. Thank you so much for taking the time today to be on our podcast. So Great pleasure. That wraps up kind of our last episode on the Battle of Cooch's Bridge, but please join us next week for our next topic.